Hey, everybody. Before we get into the show, I wanted to let you know we've got another live show coming up. We will be back at Maya Cinemas on Thursday, May 23rd for Furiosa, the latest in the Mad Max series. We are so excited for this one. Joining me to talk about it, we've got Sam Novak, Shahab Zargari, and Tony Gonzalez. A great lineup. It's going to be an awesome movie. We are so excited to talk about it. So make sure to check the show notes. There are opportunities to win tickets. You can also buy tickets. And we hope to see you there Thursday, May 23rd, 6 p.m. at Maya Cinemas for Furiosa. Welcome to another episode of Piecing It Together, the podcast where we take a look at a new movie and try to figure out what movies inspired it. And today on the show, we got a really fun one for you guys. We're talking about The Beach Bum from Harmony Kareen. You know him from Spring Breakers and Gummo and a whole bunch of other crazy movies. And uh, this is, you know, kind of his most mainstream-ish movie to date. Uh, It stars Matthew McConaughey as a beach bum and he's a uh, poet named Moondog who just kind of is hanging out and living life and it is a straight shot of joy and happiness so I'm really excited to talk about it and with me is returning co-host Joe Black but before we get into that conversation I do want to remind you as always to make sure that you are subscribed to Piecing It Together on your podcast app of choice and follow us on social media at PiecingPod. And, uh, yeah, I think that does it for now. Let's jump into the conversation about the beach bum with co-host Joe Black. All right, the beach bum. We've got with us Joe Black back on the show. How you doing, Joe? Oh, I'm I'm doing good. Exhausted in a good way. So <laughs> shooting a new movie right now. Long days. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah, you sent me some pictures, and uh, it look it looks like it's a fun shoot so far. Oh, yeah, yeah, really good team of people in front and behind the camera. It's excellent. But I did find time to see the beach bum. I, nice. Harmony, I will always find time for Harmony Corinne. Yeah, speaking of fun shoots, um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the beach bum looks like it was such a blast to make. Mm-hmm. Um, Harmony Corinne, uh, you know, probably his biggest movie. I mean, you know, of course, there was Spring Breakers, but now it's almost like a more mainstream version of the thing that he does. Oh, absolutely. This is a blank check movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? This is, this is, they said, ah, oh, somebody likes you. Here's a little bit more money. And what did he do? He made the feel great movie of the decade. <laughs> yes, yeah. exactly. Exactly. And, uh, yeah, I, I really didn't know what to expect going into it. Cause as you never do with his films, but, um, I, I, I was pleasantly surprised. And, uh, You know, with that said, I I think we might as well, we'll talk about it plenty as we're going through these puzzle pieces. We might as well jump in. What do you got for your first puzzle piece? Uh, I have Arthur for my first puzzle piece, uh, which are the Dudley Moore or Russell Brand one, whichever you prefer. Uh Um, I prefer the Russell Brand one, Uh, but I'm talking about the original. I I just, uh, going into this idea of somebody who's kind of, you know, uh, living off of uh, their parents' money or, you know, who... (laughs) Uh, there's an ultimatum made and they have to like make a decision of whether or not they can have a life of poverty without it or whether or not they can, uh, you know, kind of quote unquote man up and, you know, reclaim their fortune both internally and monetarily. (laughs) This one is, yeah, this is kind of like the, uh, you know, the more the, the stoner, uh, version of Arthur. He was an alcoholic. That was his big, you know, addiction to this and, you know, um, and I do like the original Arthur. This movie does touch on uh, sobriety, but kind of throws it out the window. Exactly. Yeah, it throws any kind of message or anything right out the window. Um, yeah. And beautifully so, too. I mean, it, this is a you know pure escapist, just fun, ridiculous. Oh, and yeah. it's like, it doesn't want you to learn anything. <laughs> right. Well, well, yeah, I mean, like, you know, the, the, the biggest thing about addiction too is that like it's not you know if you want to kick your addiction it's not going to work unless it's your choice you know what i mean like you can't mandate things like that you know what i mean 
Um, mm-hmm. And uh, and I really like the approach this movie took, where it's like you know five minutes, and he's just like, eh, 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 eh. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know when you get when you when you meet Zac Efron, I mean, I think in those you know, Jinko it, jeans, <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's not gonna work. It's just not gonna work for you. Just when you think Harmony Corinne can't surprise you anymore, suddenly there's a Creed song on the soundtrack. You know what I mean? Like, it's, oh, yeah. It's pretty good. Um, you know, but funny enough, unlike Arthur, um, I think that this movie, oddly for Harmony Corinne, has a, has a stronger structure and a, strong, mm, yeah. and a stronger shape. I, I always felt the original Arthur was a little, like, kind of all over the map. And this one is actually pretty brilliantly A to B. You know, yeah. it's... it's uh, I actually was really surprised by the movie. I was expecting from the trailer, you know, a Spring Breakers two of, of sorts, and absolutely, it it, it doesn't a drop feel like Spring Breakers. Honestly, it, it really doesn't. It's no it's too feel good. Yeah, absolutely. It, it really it, it the characters all just want to have a great time, and the movie wants you to have a great time along with it. Right. Um. Yeah. And. Uh, you know, and one last thing I'll mention uh, along with your puzzle piece there, because it's a great one. Um, you know, it's funny writing that line of a main character that really is kind of a dick at times. <laughs> and, and But you're still along for the ride and you're still, you're kind of rooting for him. But at the same time, you know, he's just, you know, he's. You know. Right. <laughs> well, I always he's found. A, he's the beach bum. I always found about Arthur too, the original at least, which was interesting. I I never thought that his drunk scenes were supposed to play for comedy. I always thought that those were kind of the drama, and that the comedy comes from his sober scenes when he's a little mm. sharper, a little wittier. I I always felt that there was a sad wash over the um the uh, alcoholic scenes, and I don't know. I I guess my perspective of that movie is just a little skewed. I'll stick with the Russell Brand one, <laughs> <laughs> which is a little more shapely, and I and I love Greta Gerwig so. Nice, nice. All right, I'll go to my uh, first puzzle piece, and I wanted to get this one out of the way first because, mm-hmm. I, as is pretty clear already, uh, just a few minutes into the podcast, I really, really enjoyed The Beach Bum, uh, but I did want to get one movie that I did not like out of the way, and uh, that is Surfer Dude. Did you ever see this with Matthew I, McConaughey? I did, actually. That's yeah. funny. I, is, I... I this movie kind of looks like it come came from the same place of let's set Matthew McConaughey, you know, let, let's set him loose to do his Matthew McConaughey thing and and just be Matthew McConaughey, but you know, film full of weed and everything, <laughs> and uh, turn the camera on. Except for it was just insufferable and annoying, and mm. I it just didn't like it one bit. And I was worried when I first saw the trailer for this. I was like. Well, this could go that way, or maybe it could finally be the version of Matthew McConaughey that we want to see, you know, doing this. And uh, luckily, it went the right way. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I that man, I haven't thought of Surfer Dude so long. That came pretty close to after Fool's Gold, which was another McConaughey at the beach kind of movie. Yeah. I wonder if <laughs> yeah. I wonder if maybe when they were wrapped on set of that, he's like, I'm just gonna chill here and yeah. it's <laughs> <laughs> just keep the cameras here for another yeah. extra week. Yeah. That's funny. Oh man, Surfer Dude. I saw that when I worked at Blockbuster. Um, <laughs> nice. It, I thought it was a Blockbuster exclusive. I didn't know other people had seen it. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> oh man. Uh, so, what's your uh, next puzzle piece? Okay, my next one uh, that I have is a uh, uh, Broken Lizards Club Dread. Oh, nice. I didn't think of that. And yeah, I I love that movie. Uh, I love. Well, you know, it's so funny. The Beach Bum. Which I absolutely loved. It's so funny. I, I I'm not I'm not uh, I don't smoke weed. I don't really drink. I hate uh, I hate the beach. Not the biggest <laughs> fan of Florida. I don't care for Snoop Dogg or Jimmy Buffett. But for some reason, I just I love this movie. And uh, singing about the Jimmy Buffett thing and Coconut Pete, Bill Paxton's character from <laughs> yeah. Club Dread. Uh, that's I wish Jimmy Buffett was that cool. Yeah, you, right. you know what I mean. Co- <laughs> you know, and and maybe I, if you combine the two, you you get a coconut feed a little bit. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I just, well, I just when I when I was watching the Beach Bum, you know, aside from the coconut peed association, I just there is kind of like a um, I don't want to say a dread, uh, no pun intended, to the Beach Bum, but there is a menace. There's mm. a little bit of a menace to it. It's like a Dennis the Menace, you know what I mean? And uh, right. so I like this idea of this beach tropical thing set to like some pretty gruesome shit at times that for, oh, yeah. but that never really i mean like that scene where you know he and zach efron like steal the money like that's actually pretty dark like you know 
It's 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 an old man on like a little you know wheelchair scooter, and they just pummel him. You know what I mean? And, yeah. There was this dude sitting in front of me, this black dude. He could not stop laughing at that scene. <laughs> I mean, he laughed for like two straight minutes, like could uncontrollably. Me and I I don't blame him because it was. Like, it was so, like, it was an uncomfortable funny, you know? It was like, oh, yeah. oh this is awful. This yeah. is so awful, yeah. you know? That whole <laughs> act, too, is brilliant with little things like that, like, you know, the the shark and all that. My my brother and I, we saw it together, and there was only like five people in the audience, but there was this guy sitting in front of us that every time, like, a, you know, a song that he liked would come on the soundtrack, which this movie is kind of a musical in a way. Oh, yeah. Um, it's, every time he would, like, clap and cheer. Like he was like, you know, in his sixties, I assume, but like, it was the most bizarre thing. It was like a midnight showing on a Sunday, you know, and he just, oh man, this guy came for the music. I was pretty psyched both times I played The Cure. Yeah. Uh, the the yeah. Cure in a Harmony Korean movie was pretty exciting. There are some um, sequences like that in this movie. Like that, that whole sequence with, the, um, you know, with Snoop Dogg and her on the, on the dock, I just, I've I think that there's a lot to this movie that we've never seen before that's not being appreciated by critics especially, where it's like, no, this is actually something new and exciting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, speaking of not being appreciated, uh, Club Dread was not appreciated. I remember when it came out, and I'm sure it's because it followed up Super Troopers, which everybody loves so much. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, it's a hard movie to follow up. But I, I loved that movie when it came out. Me and my buddy Q watched it, like, multiple times in the theater. Uh, Same. Funny. Yeah, it was it was so good, and I, it it got no respect. I I don't know. I, I it was too silly for people. I guess I, just, I don't know. I just find that movie to be so quotable. I don't like. I can't tell you how many times if ever whenever anybody shows me their new shoes, all I think of is uh, where he's like uh, the word for our shoe is a sabato, and he goes mm, shoot. <laughs> that whole scene is great. Am I the only I one who thinks it. his head looks like a fucking octopus? <laughs> we have jungle rats. <laughs> So many good parts. Yeah, so many. good. What, oh, what's man. your next puzzle piece? Yeah, so let me uh, go on to the next one. Um, okay, so, uh, you know, I think it would be pretty easy to, to look at the movie and say, you know, it's kind of an empty, you know, just a, a jokey, fun film. But I do think the one thing that, that you can look at it and read into um, is, is looking at how we lift up these kind of, you know, the, these celebrities that maybe aren't really as interesting as they think they are. Um, and I thought of Tropic Thunder, mm. uh, which really skewers the whole Hollywood system and, uh, and actors and their self-importance. And, uh, you know, I think uh, Moondog is, you know, his, his poetry is, you know, does, does he deserve to get to live this life of, of anything he wants for as long as he wants with no consequences? Um, be, because of this poetry that he writes, probably not. And I think it's really funny, um, uh, you know, to to kind of shine a light on that in, in the way that this movie does. Well, you know, I mean, the beauty of him, like, I mean, it's all just kind of a casual joke to him. You know what I mean? Like, uh, the, yeah. the celebrity idea of it. But I, I think that there is beauty in his authenticity. I actually think yeah. that by starting it with that poem about you know being inside of her and feeling beautiful, and then like ending it on that like i, I really liked that because it, it did kind of make his poetry resonate um i don't know if you i have a, a book of poetry by uh harmony corinne um, oh yeah called crack up at the race riots and mm -hmm. um it's very similar it's very similar um so i don't know maybe this is a little more uh of a of a an autobiography in a way for Harmony Corinne. Because, I mean, like, I mean, Beach Bum itself could be like what Spring Breaker, you know, it's a blank check movie, and Bumdog gets that blank check to do what he wants. And what does he do? He fills a boat with money and lights it on fire. <laughs> you know what I mean? And Which is one of the best endings I've seen in a long time. Oh, any movie. I, I even before the, the, uh, the big reveal that he, you know, survived it, I was, I, I was, I was cheering. I was just like, yeah. what a beautiful ending. You know what I mean? Like, what a, what a beautiful, beautiful ending. And, and fitting oh that's great mm -hmm. uh what's your next puzzle piece um the next one that i actually had was young adult mm. um because i like this idea of uh in young adult which i i mean going i'm not a huge fan of the end product of a jason reitman film but i always appreciate the effort mm -hmm. um 
except for Labor Day. I really loved Labor Day and men, women, mm. and children. But uh, young adult, <laughs> um, young adult is about an author. Did you see that film? Uh yeah, yeah. yeah. Where Charlize Theron plays a young adult author who like her life isn't quite going as well as she wants, and like she's like looking for purpose. So she goes back home, and it's one of those like you know self discovery kind of movies where she tries to fit in with normal society and finally grow up and blah, blah, blah. But then at the end she realized, eh, maybe my place is just being me. Yeah. You know? Um, and now that one, it, it was a little more cynical and pointless. Um, you know what I mean? It, it almost seemed like the whole movie was made just for that joke at the end where the one girl's like, can I come with you? And she goes, oh, you're good here. Um, <laughs> like, it, it, like, so I wasn't so into that movie, but what I liked about the beach bum was that it's another movie where it's like go on a go on a mission of self discovery, and really what he needed to discover was that he didn't need money. Yeah, you know what right. I mean. Um, he he just he did he didn't need money in that way. You know, at the beginning of the movie, he wants to stay in Key West. She makes him come back to the mainland. You know what I mean? Like, hey, you got to come back. You know, and he goes back for yeah. her, but once she's not there anymore, what's the point of being there? You know what I mean? And. uh there's something I mean, I really loved that. Even even his wife dying. This movie's just such a feel good movie. You know? Uh even even his wife dying, it's not like a um it it's not bad because they got that last moment together. It was like arguably the best night of their life, you know what I mean? It, like, right, or just a right. wonderful night. And then they get that final moment together. Even when she dies, he's not like Ooh. he's just like oh, you know, how great, how great is the uh, the scene with with him and Snoop Dogg talking about her? Uh, her oh, it's wonderful. <laughs> her blowjob skills, wonderful, wonderful, and and <laughs> incredible. Yeah, and Snoop Dogg really showed up for this one. I'm not the biggest fan of uh, him, especially as an actor, but he mm. he really showed up in this one. I really loved that, and that that third act plot twist of them disguising, putting him in women's clothes almost is just a stoned out idea. And the fact that he goes with that and by the end he's wearing a sequins dress, you know, and it, <laughs> ah, beautiful man. What a, what a beautiful movie. So beautiful. I'm so glad wow. that I squeezed it in to, to this weekend. <laughs> so I'm going to go with a simple one uh, for my next puzzle piece. Uh, mm. And that is the Cheech and Chong films. Um, mm. so just setting these characters, you know, free, with lots and lots of weed. And uh, I could have went with many other stoner classics, but figured I'd take it back to Cheech sure. and Chong, especially because of those giant joints uh, that people, are, <laughs> people are, are smoking in this movie. The whole movie. Uh, which you, you don't see very often, like the pilot uh, was, was smoking. You don't see those very often in movies. Mm-hmm. So even stoner movies. I, I think some stoner movies think, uh, this is too ridiculous. <laughs> let's mm-hmm. let's mm-hmm. dial it back a bit. I remember when... <laughs> Seth Rogen made Pineapple Express. He was doing an interview about it, and somebody was like, I don't know, it's a weed action movie. That seems a little silly. And he pointed out, he's like, the most famous weed movie of all time has them making a fucking car out of weed. What are you yeah. talking about? <laughs> and and they're, always, they're always like on some... On some kind of like crazy quest that's like just sure. ridiculous, and and you know Moondog is on his own little quest in this movie of uh, you know self discovery in this one. Oh, that scene with the homeless uh, storming the castle, if you will. I mean, that could be straight out of a Cheech and Chong movie. Like, oh yeah, that absolutely. seems hysterical. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, and you know, speaking of which, before we move on to your next one, uh, that's another thing. I I felt this movie uh it had a very throwback feel to like like just fun movies of the 80s and 90s mm-hmm. oh, uh, for you don't sure. you don't really see them very often anymore where there's not you know there's not some grands you know uh you know overall lesson there's not like a big action moment there you know it always seems like comedies nowadays they always have to um they have to mix in other things to to you know right. get made or be accepted right and uh there's not a lot of just you know just fun comedies nowadays mm-hmm. no well yeah yeah no no i agree i i think the beauty of this movie is that it points out that you know a great majority of our uh str- frustrations and struggles are are our own constructs you <laughs> know and uh and i like that this movie kind of does away with this while while you know i'm not nuts about the idea of you know substance abuse basically being being <laughs> the escape for that i i like that they very specifically point out that that's just bum dogs and he erred bum dog i have a friend named bum dog moon dog and, and that's and he's not hurting anybody you right. know what i mean <laughs> you know leave him be 
Leave him be. He's having fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so what's your next uh, puzzle piece? You know, it's, I'm just so money focused. I, the next one that I had was uh, Trading Places. Oh, nice. Because mm-hmm. again, I like this idea of, of somebody trying to climb back on top. You know what I mean? Kind of like you said, there's some things that bummed off. Uh, God, bummed Moon dog, sorry, bum dog is a, a a fellow filmmaker. He's a homeless man, but he's he's a brilliant filmmaker and a really good actor. Um, oh wow! Yeah, he's in he's in the movie that I'm making right now, which is why he's on the brain. But yeah. but Moon Dog, like I said, he's kind of you know he's the uh, the I don't want to call him an anti-hero, but but you get the idea. Much like Dan Aykroyd in Trading Places, um, who like. Uh, you know, once everything gets taken away from them, having to learn how to acclimate outside of that, you know what I mean? Sure. And, um, uh, but unlike trading places, I love that Dan Aykroyd is just terrible at it. You know what I mean? He's just, yeah. he's just terrible at it for minute one. You know, by the end of act two, he's dressed up as Santa stuffing salmon down his shirt. But like Moondog, I almost feel like that would be phase one. He'd be like, where can I get a Santa suit? I could hide a lot of salmon in that shirt. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, I, I just, I loved, there was something so beautiful about the fact that he's struggling to find money the whole time, and then he kind of realizes, like, wait a minute. Yeah. Like. <laughs> like yeah, it, it, it's it's great. It, it's really great, and it, it's 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 a great thing to see, especially, you know, I mean, I don't want to get too heavy, but at a time like now, I mean, <laughs> you know, oh, everybody, yeah. everybody's struggling, and so it's like, it's good to see. You know, I almost was going to point to uh, the Big Lebowski just for the line, the dude abides. Sure. Um, you know, uh, Moondog abides. Yeah. You know? <laughs> well, like, you know, Trading Places was definitely a response to the uh, corporate Reagan era, you know, way that things were going, and I think that this movie is the same way. I think that it's a movie that's totally about disconnecting from, from, uh, you know, the the internet especially, and just kind mm-hmm. of like learning what it's like to really exist and be in a community again. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Which is, I I think, kind of what we're struggling with right now. You know, everybody is so uh, obsessed with having an identity that's unique to them, but the same as everyone else, right. <laughs> and. Um, <laughs> And that's creating a weird uh, break of community, a weird disconnect. And and so, again, I think this movie, like Trading Places, is a response to what is really weighing down on us right now. It's funny you say that. Um, you know, one last point on that. Uh, it, this movie feels like it could have taken place at any time. Sure. Um, you know, like, like you don't know whether or not they've got smartphones, whether or not they've got, right. you know, if the internet is even a thing within the world of this movie, you right. know, it's like, they're, they're just, you know, they're actually out there living, you right. know, and <laughs> they're not sitting on computers. Mm-hmm. And well, the only thing that dates it at all that we know it's at least post nineties are those Jinko jeans. <laughs> like, you know, I'm really glad that in all the marketing, they really only show Zac Efron from the waist up. Because when it that big reveal, when he's on like the Heelys and he's just like skating around those guys in those Jinko jeans, oh my God. <laughs> you know, speaking of Zac Efron, we get like, I- I've never seen a character that we get the perfect amount of. Right. You know, any right. more, it would be like, oh, this is going to go in a bad direction. Right. And any less, you'd be like, oh, I wanted more of them. You know, it's like they really used them to perfection. Oh, oh right. Well, you know, Harmony Corinne is also very good about um, satirizing the religious in his movies, like without mm-hmm. necessarily making fun of religion itself. You know what I mean? Um, which right. is kind of something that South Park does really brilliantly too. But I, oh, yeah. I think about, you know, Diamond Dallas Page when, in, uh, when he was the youth pastor in Spring Breakers. When he's like, are you jacked up on Jesus? You know, it, it, it was good. I, I really loved uh, Zac Efron's whole character and how he actually legitimately loved Creed. <laughs> I think that was the cue for me, too, that this is just a feel-good movie about letting people be themselves because, you know what I mean? Like, like even Moondog, when he hears Creed, he's just like, oh, yeah, this is great. This is pretty good. Yeah, I love this. You know what I mean? <laughs> just, oh, man, that's what we need more of, man. We need more love and positivity. But how do you market that? Yeah, Anyways. right. <laughs> All right, what's your uh, next puzzle piece? Oh, it's me up again. Uh, well, I mean, I... I, I no. I, oh, wait, no, yeah, yeah. you just did uh, Trading Places. Nice try, okay. sucker. Yeah, sorry, <laughs> man, I'm sorry. Okay, so where does that leave me? Okay, uh, so my next puzzle piece, then, 
is uh, it's actually a, a combination of two movies, uh, mm. <laughs> two movies that I love and a lot of people don't like. And I feel like this is a movie that, you know, probably would have quite a bit of uh, love it or hate it, you know, situation with most people. But uh, Freddie Got Fingered and <gasps> Pootie Tang. Oh, <laughs> my God. You're talking my language now. All right, nice. Yeah, I mean, these are movies where, um, first of all, you just, you know, you go for broke, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> you just do what what feels right, what feels mm-hmm. fun, what feels funny. And, uh, you know, if the audience comes along with you, they come along with you. You sure. don't worry about it otherwise. Um, and then also, there's a, a, a little bit to the structure. Like, you know, we talked earlier about how this one has more of a structure than most of uh, Korean's films. Right. but. You know, that structure is kind of a connect the dots of almost sketch-like moments where it's like you meet a new character, some funny shit happens with that character. You meet the next character or the next situation, funny shit happens there. Um, You know, and so I I feel like these are three movies of a kind in a way where they, they all... They they all lead our our hero on that kind of a journey where they where they're getting like into different situations. Yes, 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 absolutely, right, absolutely. Well, no, you know, it's really what's really funny is uh, about um, well, you know, Pootie Tang. First of all, is the only thing that Louis C.K. has put his name on that I'm a fan of, and um, <laughs> but you can tell that that was a patch job. The studio got something. They went, "What the hell is this?" And they they forced them. They threw them aside and they put a structure to it and made right. it. It's 78 minutes, I think. <laughs> with a padded opening credit sequence. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but Freddie got fingered um, especially is a movie that, you know, it's so funny. My mother is a huge fan of both of those movies. Um, and uh, I show, you know, we saw Pootie Tang when it came out on video and, and she, she's loved it ever since, but Freddie got fingered. I just showed her recently, like a year or two ago. And uh, I mean, I've seen that movie so many times I can quote it, you know, uh, yeah. from start oh, to yeah, finish. Me too. Um, but uh, my mother, when she got done watching it, she's like, I loved that. And I was like, really? She goes, yeah, it's a Marx Brothers movie. <laughs> right. And right. she's right. You know, um, the beauty of, of Freddy Got Fingered, um, much like the beauty of, of the Beach Bomb, is that there is a structure to Freddy Got Fingered. And there is, mm-hmm. there is purpose in Freddy Got Fingered. There is a, um, a value system in Freddy Got Fingered. And it's kind of the same one as the Beach Bomb, which is, let me be me. Stop yeah. trying to make me be something else. But what I think the Beach Bum does beautifully, that Freddie Got Fingered is more of a satire of, is that that is Isla Fisher's whole point. You know what I mean? Right. Actually be you. Don't let the pressure to be the moon dog everybody loves get to you. Be you. You are great. You know? And, and uh, yeah, I, I, oh man. This is my kind of movie, dude. <laughs> yeah. It's great, great, great themes involved oh, in, in these movies. This is a Absolutely. this is a two for two so far for McConaughey this year. Like we're both the movies like <laughs> that know, he's coming right? out with are just like, so how do I pre-order this one? Yeah, for Blue <laughs> but you know, like Serenity, I think that this actually had an even uh worse opening weekend. Which Yeah, it, it's a shame. It's a shame. It did not do very well. Um, I'm thinking about going back and seeing it again, though, just to raise those numbers by an extra twelve bucks. If it's but. if it's up next week, if it's still because I'm done shooting on Friday, if it's still playing next week, I'm gonna catch it. I I want to catch Dumbo. Too. <laughs> um, eh, I didn't like Dumbo too much, but uh, it was all right. You leave Dumbo uh, alone. Yeah. <laughs> Did you like Dark Shadows? Uh, I thought Dark Shadows was all right. Mm. I liked it. Dark Shadows is I, my favorite uh, Tim Burton movie outside of the Batman's. Oh wow. Yeah, no, I mean, I didn't think it was, I certainly didn't love it, but I didn't, I, you know, I thought it was pretty good. Um, Dumbo, eh, I, I didn't like too much, but Danny DeVito in Dumbo is fantastic. Every moment with him on screen is great. You could take out so the in Dumbo of that sentence and it would be the same sentence. Yeah, yes, exactly. Uh, w- one more uh, one more thing about Pootie Tang uh, before we move on. <laughs> Please. Uh, because I, I'm sure you would appreciate this and you probably didn't know this. Uh, my license plate for the last 10 years has been Klepa. No. <laughs> yeah. For real? So that's, that's for all our uh, Pootie Tang fans. That's amazing, sir. For you. <laughs> oh, man. I, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of that movie. I think that movie is brilliant. Um, and I, I'm ashamed to say so because I hate Louis C.K. so much. <laughs> pre, pre, uh, 
free scandal. Right. I've, I've, right, I've, right. I've never cared for that dude. Um, <laughs> but hey, say lovey. I remember when I saw I Think I Love My Wife, and I was like, this movie isn't good at all, but every scene is almost good. And then a few years later, after Louis C.K. was in, you know, became like a thing, and I was rewatching it, I saw his name in the credits and I, as the co writer, and I went, Oh, <laughs> there it is. Well, I don't, I don't share that sentiment exactly, but uh, moving on. Nah. Um, <laughs> do you uh, have any other puzzle pieces? I mean, not really, because I mean, I, the other, the other ones are just so obvious. I mean, you can't, you know, you already brought up Big Lebowski, which of course, but then you know, you know, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas is another one mm-hmm. that you know came to mind. Um, but those movies. You know, it's funny, Lebowski fits into that Odyssey structure very much so. But uh, Yeah. And I guess so does Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, but but I don't know. Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, see, I expected something more like that out of this movie because of Spring Breakers. I expected a more aggressive, kind of angsty um drug movie, if you will. But what I got instead was kind of like the defense. <laughs> you know. <laughs> um it, there and Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas is a scary movie, full of doom. Oh yeah, you know, and and regret, but this this movie is literally just a, it's it's just such a feel good movie. So much just fun, so, just fun. So much that you sit through the two minutes of the credits of just him floating on the boat. You <laughs> yeah. know, and he just it's in there. Yeah, I almost cheered when that happened when he when he first goes from Key West to to Miami and he's like taking the boat tour and there's that prolonged shot where he's just like laughing like. <laughs> I love that. I... It's a great laugh, too. Mm-hmm. Really great mm-hmm. laugh. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you know, I'm actually going to put Big Lebowski and Fear and Loathing on the list. Might as well. Yeah, um, I mean, you can't help it. I've got one last thing, and now I couldn't think of a good example. There's maybe maybe you've got one. I don't know. Otherwise, I'm just going to mention it. But um, I was trying to think of a good example of, uh, you know, really... Um, uh, really out there independent filmmaker who ends up making something more broad and accessible. Um, and I, I couldn't really think of a good example. I mean, I, I thought a little bit of John Favreau going to... Uh, Chef. To, to, yeah, to, well, I was thinking going all the way to Iron Man. But yeah, I guess Chef would be a little more in the middle. Uh, but I, I couldn't think of a good... You know, he's not. he was never that out there, even you know, back in Swing. He was always trying that. to make Iron Man, let's face yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. So it wasn't really a good example. So I couldn't think of a good one. But I know there is some you know weird director who has gone on to make big movies. Well, I mean, and you, I, I was trying to think of who it is. Like but. Spike Lee doing something like Inside man but sure but, that's a pretty good one well you know i just saw the trailer for that new uh that new jim jarmusch movie um mm. with the zombies i can't call the name of it the uh, dead don't die that's it dead don't die and uh yeah like that looks pretty pretty damned conventional like that looks yeah. like a pretty you know i'm not a jarmusch fan um mm-hmm. necessarily but that that one definitely looks like pretty Pretty out there. I remember when I, I I got to meet Harmony Corinne when uh when Spring Breakers came out, mm. and um I saw Spring Breakers three times on opening day, and <laughs> wow. and I was working at ArcLight, um the theater at the time, and uh he came to do a Q and A, and when he showed up, I was on my break outside, and his assistant, I was wearing my uniform, and his assistant walks up, she goes, "Do you work here?" And I said, "Yeah," and he's there with her, and he looked like death. She goes, "I," she goes, "I need you to stay with him while I go get him some tea." And I was like, oh, okay. And he walks up and he goes, hey, do you mind if I wrap an arm around you? It's hard to stand. And I was like, do you want to sit? And he goes, no, I won't be able to get back up. You know, and he wraps an arm around me. And he asked me how I was doing. I was like, doing good. He asked me how my day was. I was like, yeah, I saw your movie three times. He's like, what? And I was like, I did, I did. You know, and and I told him, I I told him it was his Annie Hall. And he, and he was like, you're going to have to explain that one to me. And I, and I told him it was because I felt like, Woody Allen up to that point, maybe even Woody Allen fits into what you were just talking about. Woody Allen up to that point was was bringing us into his world with movies like Bananas and Love and Death and Sleeper. They were his very, you know what I mean? They were these abstract, crazy, silly worlds. Mm-hmm. And then out of nowhere, here comes Annie Hall, where for the first time, Woody said, this is how your world looks to me. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, this is, these are the struggles and the frustrations that I see that are self-inflicted. You know what I mean? And I right, felt like Harmony right. Kern was very much so the same. Like, even though I can really relate to the world of Gummo, don't be afraid. That's still, it's still, 
it's still a Harmony Korine world, you know what I mean? Where people speak in in uh in in poetry or Julian yeah. Donkey Boy or even Trash Humpers. But by design, Spring Breakers is about a man who speaks in insane poetry, you know, James Franco. You know what I mean? Like this yeah. wannabe rapper. Um and and it and it it's a real commentary on the actual world, not a glimpse into like a world that we don't, you know normally see like his other films but this is like no this is mainstream disney right, princess right. culture you know <laughs> no absolutely i i agree with that point and uh did you care for spring breakers i did yeah i liked it uh quite a bit um I, it's a movie i've always thought about going back to because i only watched it the one time you know oh, when it first buddy. came out yeah and i've always thought about going back to it just to see like you know because it was just so crazy i mean i honestly hadn't seen um i i've only seen his first couple of movies up until that point mm. i haven't seen any of the in-between ones the uh you know the the ones that came out in the early 2000s or any of that i haven't seen any of that the only um, ones that i can recommend although i'm a huge supporter of him the ones i could recommend are gummo and trash humpers yeah. yeah see gummo i saw back in the day i mean you mm. know that was like the movie everybody passed around mm-hmm. back in high school mm-hmm. you know yeah, but uh, yeah, no, Spring Breakers was, uh, it was wild, and, and it was fun, um, and it was interesting. It, it was like very just, just so different and, and interesting. There's so much yeah. you could, it, it, there's so much to that movie. It's 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 insane. Uh, you could write a whole right. book on it. Um, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure. even at the beginning when you first see them in class, and they're like drawing pictures of dicks while the teacher is talking about um, the abolition of slavery, which then led into Jim Crow, which then leads into a fetish fetishization of black culture like that's what he's talking about in the background of this scene and that's the whole (laughs) movie is about you know what i mean um it's a brilliantly structured film as well but it's much more it's a little it's a little more um angry and i don't want to say angry but it's a little more aggressive it's a very aggressive movie it's a sure you know and this is the this is the more uh this is more like the sunday afternoon beach bum and um (laughs) absolutely yeah i'm very i'm very it was it, it came right at the end of the first week of shooting when you're shooting a a, a feature film for under forty thousand dollars <laughs> you know things get a little stressful you know what i mean oh and, i'm sure and then I'm sure on top of that having to work the weekends i had to work doubles on the weekends 15 hours each day and i managed to catch the last show on sunday night of, of beach bum here and like I, I was ready for them to rewind it i was like play that again <laughs> I, I needed that man oh, i could imagine well, uh, let's do the finished puzzle, and then we'll get into any final, uh, any final thoughts. So uh, the finished puzzle includes Arthur, Surfer Dude, Club Dread, Tropic Thunder, Young Adult, Cheech and Chong movies, Trading Places, Freddy Got Fingered, Hootie uh. Tang, The Big Lebowski, Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. And then we talked about uh, some uh, independent filmmakers who went and made something a little more mainstream. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, that that that's it for the beach bum. Um, any other closing thoughts? Well, I one thing that I actually wanted to mention real quick. We hadn't really talked about it yet until this point. Um, Martin Lawrence just amazing, absolutely, absolutely killing it. Amazing. I mean, give this guy uh, a whole second act, please. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He was he was he was brilliant. Um, um, he he was absolutely brilliant. Uh, I think that everybody in this movie was really brilliant, but he really is a, a shining gem. You, oh, and you could tell that he gave it more than was on the page. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know that, that's a character. Do you know that's that he's character. he's actually the third? I believe it's like third or fourth richest uh, uh, black actor. Really? Yeah, it's like that, that's indication, I guess, huh? I actually think he's ahead of Will Smith, if I remember correctly. Wow. That he, Tyler Perry, Bill Cosby, and Will Smith are the top four. Um, huh richest like uh, what kind of back-end deals he was making but that guy's a genius um must be a smart dude he could buy a much nicer boat than the one that he had in this one (laughs) captain whack (laughs) (laughs) but he trades him the foot for the hat and he's like that's a good that's a good trade like that's That's a good trade Oh, amazing. Just so amazing. Oh, man. Well, uh, any last minute things you want to mention about the movie? And then um, also, as always, if you got anything you watched lately you want to recommend, and then uh, plug your projects. Oh, yeah. I mean, the last thing I'll say about The Beach Bum is that, you know, 
it's a movie that, yeah, as we're seeing, isn't really catching wind. Um, you know, Woody Allen, when he made Hollywood Ending, that's like the one, you know, Woody Allen notoriously doesn't like his films, but that's the one movie where he's like, I don't know why people didn't come to that one. He's like, he's like, yeah. I thought it, I did my job. He's like, I like that movie. It's cute. You know, and I, I wonder if there's a little bit of that for Harmony Corinne, where he's like, really? They didn't come? Mm-hmm. You know, but, um, but I think that this movie in the best way is a movie that's just never going to die. Um, yeah. You know, it, I don't know if it'll ever reach the heights of Lebowski or anything like that, but, um, but because that movie has a level of cool to it. And I think the beauty of, right. of Bumdog is that there's not an ounce of cool to it. And maybe it'll get a Freddy Got Fingered level. Oh man, you know Freddy Got Fingered actually. Um, I uh, he came to uh, Tom Green came to Jacksonville when I was living there for a comedy show. So this uh, theater uh, they set up this set up this midnight screening, um, of Freddy Got Fingered while he was there, hoping mm-hmm. he'd come for a Q and A, which he did, and um, it sold out, which was beautiful. And and uh, and Tom Green asked the audience to like, you know say the lines out loud if you want you know I me mean, have a good time and like non-stop the entire audience was saying the whole movie out loud <laughs> and usually that pisses me off but for the first time i felt like ah not alone yeah not alone i i'm, I'm allowed to like this freaking movie <laughs> at the theater we reached out uh, they reached out about um about uh getting a 35 millimeter print for the uh, midnight screening and fox they were like we destroyed them all Oh, God. So, oh, they end up screening a DVD, but man, that's more than okay. <laughs> oh. Well. Oh, um, so, uh, recommendation. I really, you know, I haven't been able to watch a whole lot here lately, um, mm. you know, uh, for for obvious reasons. Oh, I did see a film. I'm, I think it's called One Cut of the Dead. Hmm. Um. Have you do you, do you know this film? Have you heard of this film? I have not. Uh, it's no. a I'm trying to remember I'm trying to remember where it was from, but the the movie is about a um yeah I saw this like a month ago um one I'm typing it in just I want to make sure that I'm getting it right. Yep. Yeah, I just found it. One cut of the up. dead. Has, currently has a hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes. It, by the way, that's not enough. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a Japanese uh, horror film. That I don't want to dare give anything away about, um, except that it is a zombie film that is one take. Oh man, I'm looking at the poster right now, and uh, that's a pretty good poster. Um, <laughs> my buddy, uh, we 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 played it at a theater here um, after hours, uh, and uh, it it just uh, it was it was it was it was. It was amazing. I, I I'm not a zombie movie fan. It's hard for me to watch mm-hmm. movies with subtitles. I know how that makes me sound, but it's just I more so mean the way that I like to watch movies is like I like to engage. I love conversation. Like that's uh-huh. what I always gravitate toward in films. And so like part of conversation is inflection, is tone, is sure, you know an emphasis. Sure. So like it's hard for me to kind of navigate what's going on when I have to read. Um, I get that completely. Yeah, and I understand. yeah, and um, so like when we, he was like, we're gonna be watching one cut of the dead it's a japanese zombie movie i was like oh my. i was like uh, and i live so far away it would take so long to get home and i was like i'll just take a nap and then for some reason the first half of it i just kept watching and then by the end but then the second half started and i went oh this is an interesting turn and at the very end i was standing up in the theater and like running in circles um it was it was it was like uh you know another just feel great movie like a beautiful movie i i I just it was awesome i dude find it find it sounds really awesome it sounds really freaking awesome Mm -hmm. um so uh you just want to plug your uh your your films uh where can people find you oh i mean still the same you know you know on facebook we got to pay blue means pregnant films uh uh and uh i've got uh you know, if anybody who is on the group wants to get in contact with me, just message me. I can send anything to, um, you know, we're working on this new movie right now. It's something that I wrote back in 2014 that, you know, a few people have been kind of like forcing or pushing on me for years. Like you should make tellers, you should make tellers. And, uh, it's a murder mystery, um, noir, but it's, it's actually really just a love story. It's a humanist deconstruction of, uh, of uh, genre tropes 
because um, much like Harmony Corinne and much like the Beach Bum, I feel like uh, I feel like there's a little bit of deconstruction that needs to happen here to get us back to what really matters. Um, <laughs> you know, and it's easy to get caught up in a world of, you know, Iron Mans and and iPhones. And I, I think that like getting back to the basics of like how nice it feels just to like sit on your porch sometimes and like wave to the neighbor. You know, like I, I think that that's I think that's important. So, absolutely. Well, I know you got to get back to shooting. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, thanks as always for being here. Thank and, you for having uh, me. I love doing it. Yeah, I, I'm glad that we got to talk about McConaughey again. Oh man, I'll do it anytime. Hi, this is Dean from Podscure. We're just a little indie podcast that goes out and searches for new, obscure, and independent podcasts and interviews their hosts to see what drives them, what makes them laugh, what they love, and if they can tell the difference between Don's voice and mine. Join us, won't you? You can find us at www.podscure.com or anywhere else you get your podcasts, even Spotify. You can also follow us on Twitter and Facebook. Just look for Podscure. We'll be there. All right, that does it for today's episode on the Beach Bum with co-host Joe Black. Uh, Thank you, everybody, for listening. And for those of you who are subscribed, I thank you especially. But there's a level above subscribing, and I thank those people even more. And those are the people that rate and review us on iTunes. Because from what I hear, it is a good thing for you to do for us. So go ahead, rate and review us on iTunes. That would be awesome. And uh, you know what? You want to you wanna be even cooler than that? Join the Piecing It Together, a movie discussion group on Facebook where the conversation about all these movies continues. Um, we are having a blast in there talking about all kinds of movies, and I would love it if you joined us. So uh, I think that does it for today. And, um, you know, I'm actually heading out in a few minutes to go to and this is recorded the night before this is actually up on the uh on the podcast but i am going to the opening of the galaxy boulevard mall with friend of the show josh bell and uh we're going to check out that new sony digital cinema screen which is supposedly the best screen in the entire world and it's right here in las vegas opening today so i'm pretty excited about it we're seeing shazam that is what they're opening the theater with And uh, we'll be back with a Shazam episode next week. And before that, it's actually going to be kind of a DC superhero week because on Monday we have a Breaking It Apart special episode on the original Superman the movie. So, yeah, we've got plenty of DC superheroes this coming week, all co-hosted by our buddy Chad Clinton Freeman. But you know what? They're going to be some fun episodes. And then we got a whole bunch of other movies to talk about because we already got a bunch of other episodes in the can. And then there's so many movies coming out here soon. So, uh, you know, we got Pet Cemetery this weekend. I'm sure we're going to do that. And just lots and lots of other movies. So go see more movies and then listen to more Piecing It Together. Let's leave you guys with a piece of music. Uh, I was trying to find something kind of stonery to go along with the beach bum um couldn't quite find one but this one track only in dreams i think kind of fits the bill so uh this is from my album head like fire it's called only in dreams enjoy it and we will be back next week with more piecing it together
and All Points West.